the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and David Dawson. Happy Monday, guys. Good yeah. morning. Happy Monday to you. And it really is a beautiful Monday morning. I mean, I went out there, there were yeah. stars out there, and it's getting uh, light earlier. Did y'all notice that? Yes. That is yes. cool. And darker later. I love it. Yeah. Yep. I got to change all the timers on my lights pretty soon because <laughs> they're coming on and it's still daylight right now. I see you know? you're, so, you're wasting energy there. Yeah, I am, and I'm, it, it's costly. Believe me, in Baton Rouge, I could assure you. Well, today is the feast day of uh, brother or the good brother Juniper. You know, probably I don't know if he was named after the flower or the flower named after him. But whatever the case, we're going to offer up a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Brother Juniper, you who lived a life of simplicity, humility, and joy, please intercede for us as we seek to follow in your footsteps and grow closer to God. Help us to see Christ in every person we encounter and to treat them with the same kindness and compassion that you showed to all. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. He followed St. Francis. Thank you so much. Did yes. he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know much about today's saint, but we'll learn more later yeah, on during our saint of the day. That's right. <laughs> Starting off at 7 after, we have a lot of things to talk about. Lisa Winter joins us. She's with the Magnificat Metairie chapter, and they have an upcoming day of prayer and reflection she wants to give us details about. In 18 minutes, Dr. David Whitten joins us. He's a professor of theology over at Fran U. He'll join Damien and David in the Batteridge studio for a theology lesson. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato talks about raising Catholic teens in today's world. He's a co-author of many books and Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And in 48 minutes, we're taking it over to the beautiful Cynical on the Lake in the Archdiocese of New Orleans with Executive Director Eileen Harbison. She has a lot of retreats she wants to give us details about. Perfect for this time of year. And of course, as we approach Lent, we're just only a few weeks away from Ash Wednesday. This is something that you can consider. So looking forward to today's wonderful guests. And Damien, looking forward to your weather report today. Well, you should be because it's going to be a beautiful week. That's right. A nice week after we got waterlogged last week. (laughs) Uh, In fact, when you step out the door this morning, whether you're going to work, school, or run errands, or work out, whatever it might be, you're going to find that the temperatures are rather chilly. As a matter of fact, upper 30s to maybe low 40s. That's about as cold as it's going to get this week. Oh, good. Uh, After that, 
we're warming up. The high today, in fact, 64, plenty of sunshine, no rain. As I said, it's going to be a nice week. Tomorrow, the high is going to be close to 70 degrees. Oh. Low is going to be about 45, but that's in the overnight hours, so no big deal. Again, nice sunny day all the way through Friday, folks. Mm. We're going to be blessed this week, so get out and enjoy it. Uh, in the meantime, if uh, you want to know what temperatures are in and around the area, the warm spot, New Orleans, 43 degrees right now. Home of Thibodeau, it's 41. 36 degrees in Covington. Biloxi reporting 38 degrees. And in Baton Rouge, our capital city, it's 37. That's your weather. Wonderful. Hopefully you get yeah. out there and enjoy it. How's this that, is, Gabby? This, you like yeah. that for a forecast? I like it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. I also love, we're giving away two tickets this hour to the upcoming Men of the Immaculata Conference in Baton Rouge set for February 17th at St. George Catholic Church. To win these tickets, you can call our studio at 225-448-3754. We'll put this number throughout the show. Or go to our Facebook Live video right now, Wake Up Monday. Comment in the comment section saying, I want the tickets. Goes to the first person who calls or writes in the comment section. It's five past the hour on Wake Up. A good Monday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker. And today's gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 5. Jesus and his disciples came to the other side of the sea, to the territory of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, at once a man from the tombs who had an unclean spirit met him. The man had been dwelling among the tombs, and no one could restrain him any longer, even with a chain. In fact, he had frequently been bound with shackles and chains, but the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles smashed, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the hillsides he was always crying out and bruising himself with stones. Catching sight of Jesus from a distance, he ran up and prostrated himself before him, crying out in a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. He had been saying to him, Unclean spirit, come out of the man. He asked him, What is your name? He replied, Legion is my name. There are many of us. And he pleaded earnestly with him not to drive them away from that territory. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there on the hillside, and they pleaded with him, Send us into the swine, let us enter them. And he let them, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine. The herd of about two thousand rushed down a steep bank into the sea, where they were drowned. The swine herds ran away and reported the incident in the town and throughout the countryside, and people came out to see what had happened. As they approached Jesus, they caught sight of the man who had been possessed by legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind and they were seized with fear. Those who witnessed the incident explained to them what had happened to the possessed man and to the swine. Then they began to beg him to leave their district. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed pleaded to remain with him. But Jesus would not permit him, but told him instead, Go home to your family, and announce to them all that the Lord in his pity has done for you. Then the man went off, and began to proclaim in the Decapolis what Jesus had done for him. And all were amazed. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. Man, what a reading. This one always gets my attention every time. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for that. Well, we have a wonderful guest to start off today's show. Lisa Winter now joins us. She's with the Magnificat Metairie chapter, and every year we talk about their prayer breakfasts and days of reflection, and they have one coming up in February. Lisa, good morning. Thank you for being with us today. 
Good morning, Gabby. Thank you for having me. Well, there's one coming up, the Magnificat Metairie Prayer Day of Reflection. Give us some details about this wonderful event. This event is going to be coming up this Friday, February 2nd. And it's a special event. The Day of Reflection is different from the breakfast because it's an entire day. It's from 9 to 3. And the reason why that special is because sometimes women, although they enjoy the breakfast, they'd like a little more time to hear a speaker give them a little more, or they'd like to talk with the other women. I know you know a little about that, Gabby, how we women like mm-hmm. to talk. <laughs> so, we do. I'm not saying <laughs> anything. <laughs> it's true, Lisa. <laughs> so I always like to make sure that we, everybody's being properly fed. I believe that's important. So as, mm-hmm. as, a, as a team, we are seeing that um, in the morning during registration, there's coffee in Danish, and then at lunch, we're going to have Subway sandwiches. The price is $35, which is a great price for an all-day thing, and our speaker is Father Dennis. He's from Immaculate Conception in Marrero. What a gift he is to the church. These young, vibrant priests that we're getting are such a treasure, and he's one of them. And uh, Father Dennis's first talk is going to be on uh, God's love, and the second talk is going to be on God's mercy. Lisa, what are you hoping women will take away from this retreat? Why should they attend? I think that for women, at the beginning of the year to start and set where they're going. A lot of people have, like, New Year's resolutions and stuff. It's so good to be in a holy place, to listen to a good holy priest, and sort of get you on your way for the New Year. For You know, we are a little countercultural, to say it, to put it mildly, as, um, you know, Catholics in this world. And to hear a priest who can give us what we need, he gives us the strength for the day, for the month, for the year. Wonderful. Well, Lisa, the Magnificat Metairie chapter, you guys were the first, and it's incredible to see how this has been growing. Uh, kind of tell our listeners a little bit more about this chapter for those who aren't familiar. Sure. Back back 40, just a little plus 40 years ago, Marilyn Quirk had the call from the Blessed Mother to start the Magnificat organization through the visitation. From that little humble start in Metairie in in her home, it's now in almost every state in our union and then in like 40 countries outside of here. It is so amazing to see when something, when the Holy Spirit is involved in the ground level, how it grows. Well, and it's incredible, and the quirks are just such a wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, of course, we're going to be supporting the Magnificat Metairie chapter and all the chapters as well. Now, this event is coming up. Is there still room for women to sign up? There is. And we would allow people now, because we're getting so close, to come to Our Lady of Divine Providence Church, which is where it's held this Friday. It's going to start at 9. They can just come and pay at the door. We have... um Mass being said at 9 because Father Dennis is going to say the parish Mass. He's going to start it with Mass. And registration starts at 9.30 after the Mass. Wonderful. And do they need to donate on, not donate, do they need to sign up online or is there no, a number they can, they can see call? The flyer. Yeah, they can see the okay. flyer that's on our um, Med, uh, Magnificat Mother Chapter page on Facebook. 
but they they don't need to sign up online if they if they get the information from here or if you post our flyer for us there's all our phone numbers at the bottom of the flyer so they can call if they have any other questions mm. Perfect. Thank you so much. Lisa Winter with the Magnificat Metairie chapter. Thank you so much for being with us today, Lisa. Thank you. You all have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Okay, real quick, you guys. You know how at the beginning of the show, which wasn't too long ago, <laughs> we were giving away two tickets to the Men of the Immaculata Conference? Well, within two seconds of my saying that, we have sold them. So yes. we have given them away, but fear not. I think we will have other chances to win yep. more. Yeah. We will this see. Week, so. Congratulations, Carmel Acosta. Yeah. St. Jude yes. Church Parish, Baton Rouge. That's your parish. Yeah. Amen, brother. So I know how you're getting your tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. We, <laughs> we will send them to you. Well, stay with us. Dr. David Winnen is in the Banner Studio with right Damien here. and David for a, a theology lesson. It is 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 29th. Today we celebrate Servant of God, Brother Juniper. Not much is known about Juniper before he joined the Franciscans in the year 1210. A contemporary of St. Francis, known for his simplicity, he was likewise known for his holiness. And then there was his exasperating generosity. Once he was caring for a sick man who told Juniper he was craving to eat pig's feet. So the helpful friar went to a nearby field, captured a pig, cut off one of his feet, prepared the meal, and served it to the sick man. The owner of the pig was furious and immediately went to Juniper's superior. When Juniper saw his mistake, he apologized profusely. He also ended up talking the owner of the pig into donating the rest of the pig to the friars. We can laugh at such a story and dismiss Juniper as nothing more than a character. But to St. Francis himself and to his followers, Juniper was a man who knew the truth about God himself and others. Juniper had one desire, St. Francis said, to follow Christ on the way of the cross. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith and Damian Collada. And I can't help but uh, notice that the running theme in uh, the Saint of the Day and the Gospel of the Day is pigs. You notice that? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's three-legged yeah, pig, pig, and then, no. and then, I, then I'm, I'm thinking, man, Cajuns cry when they read the Gospel uh, because it's like a, a thousand pigs or over a thousand pigs running into the water and it's like man that's a lot of boudin and uh, undue just gone to waste <laughs> not to mention yeah. crackling yeah God, it's just like can you man. Yeah, that yeah. is tough you know, that is tough. almost every part of the pig is eaten or Tell can be feet. and that everything but the, the squeal the lips that's you right. ever eat pickled piglet <laughs> no I, oh, I you don't know what you mentioned i don't think i can even say pickled piglet lip <laughs> you know, there you go and that other voice you, you don't you're know hearing. what you're missing <laughs> 
let me just compose myself a little bit here. Uh, the other voice you're hearing is Dr. David Witten. He's the professor of theology at Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University, and we all call it Fran U here in Baton Rouge. And, uh, well, I mean... <clears throat> that's that's we just led you right in. What a segue, huh? Right into Going from uh, pigs I, I into harden not your heart. Into, yeah. Is that what we're gonna do? Harden not your harden heart. Harden not your heart, which actually isn't meant to be about cholesterol and pigs. <laughs> <laughs> you know that'll do it. But that's <laughs> okay. This segment's gonna be sponsored by your local cardiologist. Yeah, we have one of those. <laughs> Man, I yeah, I don't know how to segue now. I'm gonna leave that up to you. But <laughs> I, well, I'm not sure I do either. You know. I, Every uh, every time I come on, Gabby sends me an email. You know, what are you going to talk about on Friday? And I was like, on Friday, I, like, I had no idea what I'm going to talk about. And I was sitting in mass yesterday with a nine-year-old in my lap and a two-year-old running havoc across Sacred Heart Church, um, thinking, what am I going to talk about? Because like, I'm not hearing a word out here. Yeah. And, uh, Your and heart was hardened. My, well, and it was funny. Um, you know, I've heard this verse because it's such a part, actually, of the daily office. It comes almost uh, yes. every morning. Um, you hear this this verse from Psalm ninety five. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Mm-hmm. And you know that was the part of the uh, the readings for yesterday at mass. And you know I've heard that so many times, but I don't think I've ever really thought about it. And uh, and I started looking at like, okay, what did they sort of pair this psalm up with? Um, and the psalm itself <clears throat> says, you know. Um, at the end, it says, Oh, that today you would hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as at Meribah's in the day of Massa in the desert, when your fathers tempted me, they tested me, though they had seen my works. Mm-hmm. Which is a reference back to, to the Israelites when they were in exile uh, on their way into to the, the, um, the Holy Land. And the fact that they basically sort of had seen God rescue them Everything from Egypt. Everything was right there in front of them. Uh, they'd mm-hmm. seen it, and yet they just... They they became idolaters again. They sort of didn't want to go into the land. They were scared, and and so that that verse is is there. And then you know in the the readings from First Corinthians, it's he, he, Paul's talking about married and single, and about how important it is to sort of attend to the work of the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. And then of course uh, back to the pigs again. Um, you know it's the demons who actually heard Jesus's voice. Yes. Exactly, they recognized him for who he was. Uh, and so I thought that was just uh, it was interesting how they paired all those things up because, you know, at, at the end of the uh, the the reading from Deuteronomy, uh, there's this warning. It's like, okay, you've got to listen to my voice, but you know, if there's false prophets, they're condemned. Mm-hmm. And so this is really the challenge for all of us: is how do we listen for God's voice, and yet, you know, not give in to false prophets. Mm-hmm. Right, attend to what he's asking to do, and at least be as good at recognizing his voice as the demons are. Yes, uh-huh. right. Um, and it's a, it's a, a challenge, I think. For <laughs> it's all true, if the demons well, got it down, right? I mean, that's they know amazing, the, right? <laughs> and, and the scriptures has been pointing out really for the last week, week and a half. You have ears cannot hear, right. eyes do not see. But as you said, the demons were well aware who Christ was. Right. And it's a shame that we, you know, uh, sometimes neglect that and so, don't spend time trying to to hear. Crisis message, right? So what do we do? So how, what do we how, do? how do we soften up? How do we? Well, uh, yeah, I think there's the several soil. things. I mean, one is Christ's voice obviously comes through um, Scripture, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, and particularly the Psalms themselves uh, are, you know, are have always been viewed as while they were written by David and, and the other contributors to the Psalms that they're mm-hmm. actually the prayers of Christ. Um, so that's why the Psalms are so important because the early church, the church has always thought that those were. Christ psalms. Those are Christ praying those, even mm-hmm. though David wasn't necessarily aware of that. So listening to that voice, um, 
you know, part of the, the voice is also recognizing who it goes with. This is where the Eucharist comes in, mm-hmm. right? That is, you know, I recognize your voice, David, and your mm-hmm. voice, Damien, but I also associate them with the face, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So seeing face of, of Christ in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, prayer is going to be an important part of this as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a tr- not a trick, there's a challenge there, though, to to make sure that when we're praying, we're not just sort of talking, we're also listening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as, as you know, just like, you know, uh, Gabby was talking to that woman uh, earlier, uh, yeah. Lisa Winter, about like how women like to talk, great, yes. but, right? but also what women are much better at than sometimes men is actually listening. It's true. Um, true. And so, how, you know, how can we uh, really listen carefully uh, as we make these discernment. And I think the other part of it, too, is is being in community, being part of parishes, being part of groups where um, sometimes God speaks to us through other people. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, here's here's what I see going on in you. Um, but then, you know, the, the, the other hard part about not hardening your heart, I've found, is um, just not doing your own will. Uh, and that's the real challenge. So not it, doing your own, own will, but okay. God's Instead will. Of God's will, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you know, Saint Saint Benedict in his rule says, you know, the, the greatest sort of risk to the spiritual life is self will. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that's why um, it's good to be in a relationship where you have people who can tell you no. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, any of us who've been in business for a long time uh, sort of know, like, there's those people like they get up to the top of organization and there's nobody to tell them no anymore, mm-hmm. and they just sort of implode. Mm-hmm. Right, all their worst vices and uh, just come out, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, what happened to what that happened? guy?" Right, right. You know, um, so I think all those things contribute to sort of softening up our hearts, um, but also just you know paying attention. One of my theology professors used to talk about theology as a form of just paying attention, paying attention to everything, everything mm-hmm. around you, everything okay. around you, rather right? than I mean, because this will this is this is not everything. Heart. We're holding oh, yeah. up our phones yeah. here. Well, that's a, yeah. that's yeah. one of the distractions you've had. Right. I, what about when you're in um, a state of darkness, and we get there, you right. know, or dryness, uh, how how do you still uh, manage to do the prayer and, and and you know try to listen to God when you hear nothing? Yeah, when when it's it's hard, you know. Uh, my son and I uh, work out in the mornings together now. It's really fun. Nice. Um, and it, it, I had to get him up because I had to be here, so I had to get him up at five thirty. Neither Poor one of guy. us were happy Sorry, about that. Sorry, bud. Right? Yeah. Right? Neither one of us were very happy. Welcome about to that. wake up. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but yeah, exactly. But I, you know, I tell him I'm like, you know, sometimes half the battle is just showing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in in the darkness and in the in the, the dryness, sometimes you just got to show up. Hmm. You know, that's what you see in the saints, the, the, the perseverance where they're like, okay, I'm going to keep praying. I mean, yeah. Mother Teresa talked about this, right? right? right. right. And it's like, but, you know, she never and lost. And St. Therese, too, for that matter. Right. They, yeah. they, they all have, and that seems to be a, a, a factor in the, in the life of the saints, but they just keep showing up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's also, I think, a sign that, that Christ is bringing you closer to him and in his time not our time right and that's where we get impatient and we want to give up sure and and what we ought to realize is hey hey, we're one step away from being that much closer to him right right well yeah for some reason the image you remember the movie die hard i just watched that again for the first time in years (laughs) with my son and they they're trying to break into this bank vault and it's got six locks okay right and sometimes i think the human soul is like that like oh he's jesus has gotten through the first first lock we're good, mm-hmm. right? And then what you learn from the saints is, no, sometimes we have another lock there. Mm-hmm. 
and then we have another lock, and they're hardened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's like sometimes I think that dryness, that, that, that darkness is when we've got that final lock mm-hmm. that, that, that God needs to break through. Um, and that we're like just I mean, we're holding on to that tight, mm, um, yeah. And 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 it's finally, you know, God do breaks you, the lock. Do you recommend the Psalms? Somebody just I mean, can you just pick them up and read them? You can, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there's nothing wrong with doing that. But you know, if you get a chance to read with the church. Yeah. Um, there's great ways of doing that uh, through the daily office right, where you can get right. sort of cycled through those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find there's apps that will yeah, take you through As you talked about earlier, this one is throughout the morning um, the morning prayers. Right. Uh, the liturgy of the hours. I'm sorry. That's what I was trying to say. This is repeated almost the, constantly. Um, almost daily. When, right? yeah. when you say daily office, for our listeners who may not know what you're talking about, just sure. briefly share with them what that is. Sure. So all the ordained uh, religious and and uh, and so on are required to do what's called the daily office. And this is actually praying the Psalms mm-hmm. uh, on a regular basis. So they usually at least have to do morning prayer uh, and evening prayer mm-hmm. uh, in addition to to the mass and so on. And the way the office is laid out is, is originally it was meant to, that you would pray all 150 Psalms in a week. Wow. Um, that's wow. how like the early church did it. But okay. They didn't have TV, um, <laughs> so or radio uh, for that matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so the so the church takes you through the the Psalms on a regular basis like that and. Mm-hmm. And even though you repeat them, there's a way. What, what I found is like, especially like with the the monks and so on that I know, that after a while you really begin to it enters into your heart. Yes, and it's what breaks your heart well, in, and it takes you through everything. And that's one okay. excuse to pick up your phone because right. they do have the daily uh, um, the the prayers, right. the, mm-hmm. the divine office, and everything is uh, easy to get to, and you just can just do it for the day. I yeah. just think that's fantastic. Thank you. Right. Well, if today you've you, heard my, our voice, harden not your heart. There yeah. you go. My heart's a little softer now. Thank you. I appreciate Change that. Change that heart so. of stone out there. <laughs> Dr. David Witten, thank you so much for joining us. We Always appreciate you joining us again, and we're looking forward to talking to you again real soon. It, it, let's see. When we come back, Damon's going to be talking to Alan Migliorato. It is half past on Wake Up. Alrighty, folks, Monday morning. Welcome back to Wake Up, 35 after the hour, 25 before the top. Get up, get going, and we've got Alan Migliorato with us next. He's here to chat about teens, of course. He is the co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. But our topic is an interesting one, key reasons why teenagers struggle with developing spiritual habits. Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning, Damien. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. It's going to be a beautiful week here in Baton Rouge and South Louisiana. Hopefully the same over there in Florida, where you Floridia. are. Florida. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> right. Don't know where so, that is, but sounds like they got nice weather. Uh, oh, Florida always has nice weather. Uh, but let's talk about this. Developing good spiritual habits for teenagers. You know, it's important for us to realize the challenge that they're up against, but we as parents as well. Sure. So I like I like to like uh, to kind of just just know, like make people aware of like the, some of the struggles that the, that our teens are facing, right? And sometimes we we kind of get live in this fog where we're not you know they're teens and so they'll they'll deal with it and they'll move on and that's true. Mm-hmm. But there's five like I find five reasons where teens struggle with spiritual growth, 
to be, I'm going to list them and then I'm going to go back with them. And so we'll see how much time we have to cover them. But parents, right, are the number one reason, right, that, that teens can struggle with, with spiritual growth. Time, because their schedules are so overbooked. Uh, friends, culture and society is very counter, you know, counterintuitive to what, what we believe as, as Catholics. Comprehension, like the understanding of their faith. And then just not being, uh, number five would be like not being included in, in leadership parts of, of, their, of their parish. So when I, when I say parents, right, instantly you think, well, if the parents are not leading the kind of life, the good spiritual life, yes, that's definitely one way. Mm-hmm. Kids are going to pick up on, on, on parents' habits. However, on the opposite end of that spectrum are parents who will shove and force faith on their kids without really having a, a, an understanding of the faith themselves. In other words, it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to get confirmed because I got confirmed because your grandmother got confirmed, <laughs> and that's what we just do. Mm-hmm. And then you can do what you want to do after that. And there's where we lose a lot of teens is because they, they think it's a, you know, a goal line, the, you know, their, their confirmation, they're receiving the sacrament, the beautiful sacrament of confirmation is just an end for them. Mm-hmm. And because parents look at it that way and they don't look at it as a no, this is the beginning. This is you saying yes. And now watch what God does in your life, but you got to stay with him and, and, you know, recognize him the whole way. Mm. So parental role models, um, lack of knowledge about our faith for parents is a, is a really big thing because when kids are afraid to ask questions because usually parents will say, well, you should know this. I said, what do I send you to Catholic school for? You know, that they're supposed to be teaching this to you. And you're like, no, no, time out, mom, dad, you're, you're the first catechist. You're mm-hmm. the teachers of the faith. The, the school is there to support you. So parents can be... Um, parents can be one of those reasons why kids will either struggle with their faith or mm-hmm. really flourish in their faith. Yeah. So I find parents to be the uh, the big the big one. Right, uh, and and it, it's interesting you say that because so, quite often parents do not feel like they're equipped to be shepherds for their children, even though uh, it's never too late to start. Right. Yeah, you know, and God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called. Amen. So, if our right. vocation is as parents is to is to raise our children, then what are we doing? We're like we may have divine intervention where we sleep, and by uh, by spiritual osmosis, we're receiving all of this information. But it also it's on us, so we can't be slothful with our faith. So, mm-hmm. if we don't know something, go out and, and find out. You know, find out. Have get a spiritual director. Like put time into your faith as much time as you put into football, as much time as you put into social media, put some time into your faith. You know how you have that social media, uh, how much on your phone, like how much time you spent on what app. Mm It would be great if we could do that with our lives and see how much time we put into our faith. I wonder where our bar would be. Is there a a specific amount of time, Alan? I mean, because you said time was number two on your list. Let's chat a little bit about that. Are you talking about time? We just don't focus on the time to to spend with our children and our teens when it comes to spirituality or time because we just let them, as long as they're doing something and not bothering me, I'm cool. I'm, I'm saying that our schedules are so overbooked that we, we, instead of putting God into the jar first, we put everything else there and then try. Do you ever see the thing where somebody puts, like, the big pebbles in the jar and then they put yeah. more little pebbles and then they pour water? Right, so if we put the big ones in first and make sure that we're focusing on making that our primary objective is our faith, then everything else will fit in around it. But if we put in, you know, travel sports teams and we put in, you know, cheerleading and, and theater and we got all these other things that we're focused on and then we try to fit God in, like the big parts of our life aren't going to fit uh. because we have all these other little things that we're focused on. We can only look in one direction at a time. Yeah, Even cultural. though we have two eyes, 
can really only look in one direction. Mm -hmm. Cultural clashes, you know, definitely pop their ugly head sometimes, and that makes it tough for parenting, uh, no matter what it might be, but spirituality for sure. And then the next thing is friends, you said. Yeah, friends are, are, are one where, you know, nobody wants to be embarrassed. Like, I ask, I ask it all the time, do you pray with your friends? They're like, no. <laughs> like, we didn't even talk about God. Why would we talk about God? We talk about, you know, Taylor Swift going to the, the Chiefs game, and we talk about, you know, everything else that comes <laughs> up. But, you know, we don't, we don't pray for our friends or pray with our friends. And so that's one thing that we do at our, at our youth group is, you know, sometimes we'll have nights where, hey, pair off and we're going to pray. And, and here's some things that you, that you may want to talk about praying about, you know, stress and anxiety and, 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 and having faith and, and family. And what do you have going on in your life that you need prayers for? Mm. And everybody's got something that needs prayers for, even if it's prayers of thanks. So friends are, are one of those big things where friends, just like parents, can either bring us closer to the faith or take us further away. Yeah, that's where the rosary comes in. I think a family should do the rosary every evening. It's a great way uh, for prayer, but it's also a great way for parents to connect with their children from a spiritual perspective. What about understanding, you said, or, or something similar to that? Yeah, lack, like lack of comprehension. Like when we go to, we go to Mass, and we hear, you know, sometimes you're, if you're in a fog until you hear the homily, and then you're hoping it's a good homily because that's the only time you're paying attention. And everybody kind of falls into that. But comprehension, like, it doesn't happen just by itself. Like, it takes time. If you don't understand something, you have to look it up and not just go to Wikipedia or, or you know, WebMD. I'm talking about, like, really do some research on your faith. Like, I, I remember reading the Bible the first time when I was a kid, like, going through it cover to cover and hitting something I didn't understand. And we didn't have Google then, you know, we had to go to the stone tablets and, and look and like really look up, like, what does this mean? What does this word mean? What's a seraphim? You know, like, what, yes. what is, why was the ark like, what's a cubit? You know, right. like going through the Old Testament and going, what does this mean? What is Jewish tradition telling me here? And really, like, that's how I gained a lot of knowledge about my faith. And then that knowledge grows into wisdom and, you know, where to apply it and when. Yeah, knowledge so comprehension is, is a big part. Knowledge is power. And what about the final point? The final point is we don't give our teens, and this is a parish level or diocese level, we really don't have, um, a, in a lot of places, opportunities for our teens to lead, to be readers to be greeters and we might have a teen mass like where there's an evening mass on sunday the last mass of the weekend where teens can can have leadership roles but how about if they're confirmed and there's no reason that they shouldn't be a eucharistic minister or you know or a lector or or singing in the in the in the adult choir which i hate that term the adult choir like mm -hmm. why can't somebody sing you know like give give our kids opportunities to lead have a teen council, you know, a, a, instead of just a pastoral council, have a, a teen pastoral council where the pastor's reaching out to the, to the youth of your, of your parish and finding out what's going on in their community, because that community, the youth community, is church of today mm -hmm. and will become the church of tomorrow. And if we're struggling, we're losing priests, we're losing religious, we're losing uh, members in our church, this is, this is why I think, one of the reasons why. We've got to put time and effort into giving our teens opportunities to become leaders. Alan, will you be able to put these five points on your website? Sure. Yeah, I can do that. I think you should, because I think parents are going to go to them and use that as a reference guide. And, of course, uh, we appreciate your input. And, hey, each and every week you give us some insightful information on how we can deal with our teens and bring them closer to God at the same time. Where do they go if they want to find that information? You check out AdventureCatholic.com. 
uh, and there's all kinds of resources there. Um, and then uh, you can go to our social media from that page. AdventureCatholic.com is a good place to start. And what's the name of that new children's book you just came out with? Oh, yeah, The Amazing Adventures of Bunny and Bear. I'm so excited oh, about yes. this book. Well, I, I, that's really, right. It's just amazing. We're going to have you. We're going to talk about the book in the very near future. In the meantime, thank you for being with us. Have a blessed week. All right, guys. God bless you. All right. God bless you. All right, folks, it's 45 after the hour. Time's moving right along. Hopefully you're up and at it. You're listening to Wake Up. It is 48 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. Damien, I love your drum, drum little thing that you just did right there. I don't know, it just made me laugh. So got me ready for our next guest. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. You didn't know it was uh, live for those... music. That's not canned <laughs> music. That's know real that. live music you're hearing bringing us in off the brakes. <laughs> I love it. No, it's so great to, to laugh. I used to play the drums in my dad said, uh, yes, yeah, son, take your drum and beat it. Uh, okay. Oh. Ba-boom, boom. <laughs> Our next guest, Aline Harvison, joins us. She is the executive director of the Cynical on the Lake Retreat Center in Mary, and she has a plethora of events coming up, especially during Lent. Maybe consider attending one of these wonderful retreats over on the lake in Metairie, a beautiful, beautiful part of New Orleans, and it's just uh, such a peaceful area. Eileen, thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you with us today. And one of the main retreats that we keep bringing to the beginning of each interview with you is a Women of Manresa retreats because these are so talked about. I feel like we have to continue to discuss it uh, just to give dates out that are so far in advance mm-hmm. so women can sign up and attend. Tell our listeners a little bit about what takes place in these retreats, if you can. I know some oh. are kind of secret. Sure, uh, of course. Um, the Women of Manresa retreats are modeled after the Ignatian spirituality retreats that have been going on at Manresa Retreat House and Convent since, you know, for just decades, really. And so using their schedule, we used um, Jesuit presenters, uh, most of them priests. We also had Brother Huck, who is the director of Manresa, come and give basically a three-night retreat. So they begin either on Thursday evening and end on Sunday, or they begin on Monday evening and end on Thursday. And basically, they go through the spiritual exercises with the retreatants. It is a silent retreat. Um, Women have time to listen to the presentations, but also spend a lot of time in prayer out on our beautiful grounds or in our chapel or in some of the other areas of the retreat center. And one of the things that we've done because of the demand for these uh, women of Manresa retreats, we added a new wing of bedrooms. So we have eight beautiful new bedrooms with new furniture, mattresses, wow. um, just, just, you know, paint, everything. It's just gorgeous. And recently we had a group of young adult women come on retreat, and I put them all in that new wing. So even though they can't talk during the silent part of the retreat that they could just experience kind of having this little place for themselves. We also are building a chapel in that wing, a new meeting room so that we can accommodate small groups up there while something bigger is going on downstairs at the retreat center. So lots of exciting things happening because of the demand for the women of Manresa retreats. 
Um, we also have some really um, just exciting things happening regarding Lent, as you said, Gabby. Uh, mm-hmm. Father Joseph Nassel has been doing retreats for us for many years, but I'm really intrigued by his topic for one that he's giving March 1st through 3rd. It's the cross is the crucible of conversion. And, you know, we all have suffering in our lives. I'm actually doing a scripture and this Wednesday night on Job, the book of Job. And when mm. I felt like God was inspiring me to do this particular presentation, I was kind of aggravated because I'm like, I've had suffering in my life. I don't necessarily want to go there. But the more mm. that I pray about it and the more that I read about it, it's just, um, it's a way for us really to convert our hearts, you know, and to trust God. And that's what Father Nassel's topic is about. That's what the book of Job is about, that the more that we can experience the cross with Jesus, that we really can turn our hearts even more to him and trust God as a merciful, loving father that he is. Yeah, no, most definitely. And uh, reading the book of Job can be quite difficult. I have never read someone suffer so much over (laughs) and over and over again, but still continue to trust in God. So really inspirational and a wonderful book. I actually didn't know about Job until my dad told me about Job. He's like, have you heard about Job? You really need to read him. And when I did, it was kind of like, this is almost exhausting, but hes it's a wonderful book to take a look at. You know, Eileen Lint... Is, is, is supposed to be an uncomfortable time for us as we prepare for the true reason why we're doing this. So are there opportunities for us to really dive deeper into forming a deeper relationship with God during Lent, doing something a little bit extra, um, but really making this Lent different than years before? And, you know, that's when I was teaching at the University of Holy Cross, we talked about Lent being the time that the church goes on retreat. So for me, you know, working at the Seneca on the Lake, I really feel it's important for us to get the message out that this is a great time of the year for you to actually make a retreat that takes you out of your everyday routine. So ideally a three or four day weekend retreat where you are in silence and you can really be open to what the God, what the Lord God is calling you to. Or we have a day of prayer for people who can't maybe take that much time away. We have several opportunities for that. Amy MacGyver is doing our next day of prayer, mm. and it's called Women of Grace. It's about how God has worked in the lives of women saints and biblical figures, and then the lives of the women who are doing the presentations themselves. So yeah, I do, I do think it's the perfect time really to set apart a little bit of time to really give yourself totally to God. And so we say step away from the busyness encounter Jesus, and you're going to find the peace that comes with that. Absolutely. And there are so many things on your website, too. Just go to the homepage, and you'll see the various events taking place, even until 2025. So you can book in advance on uh, which one you want to attend, especially the Women of Manresa retreats. Eileen, we're out of time, but where can our listeners go to maybe attend the next Scripture and Sips or attend something this Lent or maybe even next year? Sure. So neworleansretreats.com is the website, and if you just go to the homepage, you're going to see lots of things that are coming up, and then click on retreats, and you'll find even more. We do have to schedule into 25 because we are filling up so quickly, wow. so it's, it's a good time yes. to, to go to the website. 
It is, and it's a beautiful area, and it's very peaceful there. It's kind of tucked in right by Lake Pontchartrain and the levee, and perfect time to reflect, especially during those silent retreats to kind of get away and focus on why you're there. So thank you so much, Eileen Arbison, Executive Director of the Cynical on the Lake. Thank you for being with us today. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow. How cool is that 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 they have to add on, right? A new mm-hmm. chapel and new rooms and everything because of the demand. That is very promising. That's a good sign. That is a great problem yes, to have. Yep. Yes, yeah. Uh, Manresa's has got 111 men just about every weekend, sometimes wow. twice a week. It's going to uh, happen. And so the Holy Spirit is moving. Amen. All right. Well, it's been a fast hour. We hope you enjoyed it. We thank you for watching as well as listening. And we're going to wrap up with a prayer to our Brother Juniper, who is the featured so-called saint of the day, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Brother Juniper, we ask that you watch over us and guide us as we seek to live more fully in the light of God's love. Thank you for your example of faith, simplicity, and loving service. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Big thank you to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director. Without them both, we would not be on the air today. And we're just so grateful for their hard work that they do every morning tirelessly and very early, might I add. Yep. They are one of the first people to arrive into the studio every morning. We have a wonderful lineup for you tomorrow. So excited about tomorrow's show. Alan Smith joins us. He's the director of the Archbishop Fulton Sheen Mission Society in Canada. He will be giving us some more details on the Holy Face miracle, which I actually don't know much about. So we'll learn more about this, those who don't know. And Jeff Blackwell, Our audio director will talk about his conversion to the Catholic faith during our monthly segment of Conversion Corner. You don't want to miss this story. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. is a production of Catholic Community Media.